Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Vernoy, and we are gearing up so much for the Therapy Reimagined 2020 conference, and we are so thankful to be joined today by one of our main stage speakers. Well, it's not really a main stage since we're going virtual conference this year, but what one of our plenary speakers, like we're, we're not scheduling anything else at the same time as today's guest, Keandra Jackson, who is so exciting. So, so she's all over the place and <laughs> like on TV, on Instagram, like if, if there's people that I want to be like even more, it's today's guest. So thank you so much for joining us, Keandra. Thank you so much for having me. I love the fact that I'm your role model. <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited to have you here today. And we're also, I am just so grateful that you agreed to join us for Therapy Reimagined 2020. I was so excited having that phone call with you earlier last year, I guess it was. Yeah. Anyway, the first question we ask everyone is, who are you and what are you putting out into the world? I am utterly amazing, first of all. Let's make yes. that clear. <laughs> if I had to toot my own horn, I would definitely do that. But as mentioned, uh, my name is Keandra Jackson. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist based out of the Los Angeles area. I am super passionate about just mental health, healthy relationships in general, along with helping new and emerging speakers. I am a best-selling author. I am a TV personality. I am an award-winning speaker. I have literally probably been on every network that I can think of, from OWN to Essence to BET. I mean, CBS, I'm a reoccurring expert on the doctors always. And so I'm just excited to be here and talk some really great things with you guys today. We're so excited to have you. And one of the questions that we start a lot of our episodes with, and this comes from a learning place, not a, a shaming place, but when it comes to putting yourself out there and getting on all of these stages and all of these networks and speaking in general, what do most therapists get wrong? Most therapists get so many things wrong. And you're right, this isn't coming from a bashing place, <laughs> but this is for coming from a place of observation, a place of working with other therapists to help them learn to do what I do. And I think the thing that they get wrong is the fact that they need to be their authentic self. So oftentimes we think that we have to always just be that expert, that you know, therapists all buttoned up, as I like to call it, with our, you know, 
tie and our shirt all buttoned up to the neck and feel like we have to put on this persona when all you need to do is just be who you are. And that typically attracts people. And so in the therapist realm, we have this perception of that we have that we have to be someone else. And I think that's the biggest mistakes that therapists make along the way. Why do you think therapists get this idea that they have to be these buttoned up experts? Wonderful question. I don't really know the answer to that, (laughs) to be honest (laughs) with you, because I've always operated in my own sense of authenticity. And I think that's what separates me from other people. Like, I am who I am on television. When you talk to me on the phone, when you text me, like, as a therapist, I am literally the same. And I think that's the part that people gravitate to because they know that there isn't any fluff, there isn't any fakeness, and she's genuinely herself. And so I think maybe it probably comes from what we learn in graduate school, right? Because oftentimes they tell us, oh, we can't, we can't be too personal or we can't share too much of our you know, personal life or don't, there, there's boundaries. And all of those things are very true, but you also have to understand that your business and who you are is completely different from your personal brand. And I think, you know, the the ones that are memorable uh, of, you know, kind of the speakers who go out and do this at conferences or the ones who are on TV, you know, I'm thinking of the, the real OG, like, therapist that was on TV is Dr. Ruth out there, like, talked about sex. And, like, you know, in the 80s, this was just kind of like a, she's out here and, like, this is me doing, like, my little discussions on all the networks and stuff about sex and sexuality that was really groundbreaking. But people who've met her in real life are just like what Keandra's talking about, which is just, you know, that's how she was all of the time. And I think that that also probably permeates into when you do see clients that, you don't have to be like, oh, I'm, I'm taking off like my, my TV or my radio face and, you know, putting on my therapist's face and going and doing something else that seems to be probably a pretty good benefit for your clinical work, too. Oh, yeah, definitely a huge benefit. I literally just had this conversation with a client. She recently had a birthday. And so I literally broke out in song <laughs> in the middle of our session. <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> and did a little dance. We were virtual, of course. But I did a little dance and broke out in song. And she was just like, I love the fact that you are just you. Like, I don't, she said, I don't know if any other therapist would have done that. And I said, hey, this is what I bring to the table. And so clients appreciate when you're just who you are, you know, who God made you to be. And there's no reason to go back on that and try to have to tweak that just to fit what people thinks, thinks, quote unquote, a therapist is supposed to be. Well, and to me, it seems like it's almost kind of intrapersonal, like deep work that you would have to do as a therapist in making sure you're bringing yourself into the therapy room, but also in creating a personal brand and, and thinking about how you would present yourself in, in a public space, like a stage or a podcast or a, a TV show or a movie, whatever, you know, like kind of putting yourself out publicly. How did you go about creating the Keandra personal brand? The funny thing is that I feel like I fell into it. So... <laughs> <laughs> So it wasn't as intentional as people think. I I feel like I was just a natural at it. And then I realized, Mm -hmm. oh, 
I have already doing, I am already and have been doing personal branding this whole time and didn't even truly yeah. know it. I didn't even know what the, the, the phrase was and how I incorporate it into my lifestyle. And so for the people who are, you know, uncertain or unclear about even what a personal brand is, it's just really the intentional and the conscious effort that you make about your public persona. So basically allowing yourself to be an authority in your niche and just elevating that credibility or leveraging the credibility that you already have along with your knowledge and your experience and just having a greater impact on the world, period, and differentiating yourself from the competition. That's the big thing. Because a lot of people talk about relationships, right? Like I, that's my, that's my passion. So we have a lot of coaches and relationship therapists and all of those things out there. But how am I different from those people? That's truly what personal branding is. It's you. You are your personal brand. I kind of kept thinking the phrase like living out loud, just like making sure people can actually see you. That's powerful. I actually read a quote um, not too long ago and I was like, boom, there it is. It said personal branding is the story that people tell when you're not in the room. So it's the story that people tell about you when you're not in the room, right? And so we always think, oh, what people say when we're right there and say about us, but what what do people say about us when we're gone, when we're not there? Yeah. And I think that that's powerful. And so you want people to say good things about you. You want people to say, oh my goodness, that Keandra girl was amazing. We have to have (laughs) her back. She is awesome. You want those things because if people are saying the opposite, then that means your personal brand needs a little bit of work. Or if they're saying nothing, right? That's true. Because they're like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that this goes back to what you were saying just a couple of moments ago is, you know, you need to live out, you know, what your credibility is. And what if you just don't have credibility? And how do you start from there going from like, you know, talking in front of, uh, a handful of people all the way, getting from that starting point all the way up to the level where you're at now? I think the fact that we've taken the time to go to graduate school and learn makes us credible. Biggest issue is that people don't believe that they're credible. So I've, I've learned that oftentimes, especially when it comes to, you know, therapists, that we were never really taught how to market yourself, how to brand yourself, the business side of therapy, especially if you're in private practice full-time or part-time. We weren't really taught that in graduate school. So it becomes a learning curve once you graduate. You have to kind of figure it out on your own, right? And so oftentimes I tell therapists, we we have a wealth of knowledge. We can talk about almost everything if you really think about it. (laughs) Literally, we could. And so you have to zero in on that one thing or maybe one or two things that you're super passionate about and then just start speaking about it, right? Whether that is on your social media, whether that's sending out a mailing list to the people who follow you, whether it's going live on social media, you have a voice and you have something to say. And I think people are just so scared to put themselves out there because they're fear, fearful of failure. I totally agree. I think that there has to be a lot of motivation in order to do that because it feels so much more vulnerable. And, and that may be, you know, going back to my question before, like that may be another reason why people are buttoned up and the expert is that they're kind of hiding behind that persona because they don't feel like as themselves they've got the confidence to carry that along. And so to me, being able to trust in your own 
credibility to be able to present yourself as you and put that credibility forward is powerful, but also very hard because it's pretty vulnerable. Oh yeah, it's definitely vulnerable and you'll always have your haters, you'll have the naysayers. Mm -hmm. I've read tons of comments about me, how people didn't like me, didn't like what I had to say, didn't like what I had on, whatever. You know, people are always saying negative things and I understand that we want to be liked and all of those things, but at the same time, at what risk do I want to, you know, pillow back and not live in my authentic self because of what people may think of me? Or do I want to go out there and try my best and focus on the people who do love me, who do care about me, who do support me? And we just have to shift our focus. And it does require a level of vulnerability. And I tell a lot of my personal business. (laughs) (laughs) If you've ever followed me on social media or heard my personal story about me growing up and with my family and domestic violence and all of the things that's happened in my family, I don't shy back from sharing that because I know that that's my motivating factor for why I do what I do on a daily basis. Thryzer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thryzer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thryzer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thryzer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thryzer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thryzer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. In sitting in that vulnerability, how do you deal with that criticism? Because even with our podcast, you know, we hear from time to time of, you know, you, this isn't about the work that people do with their clients. It's, you know, therapists aren't supposed to be out there getting the limelight at all. So there's people who just diametrically disagree with even just putting yourself out there. People say that? Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty lame. Whoever they are, they're pretty lame. So uh, you can address those complaints to Keandra at... <laughs> <laughs> you can email me directly and I'll take care of it for you guys. But I honestly felt like, and it's funny that we're talking about this because even, you know, Stephon Lewis, like he always talks about imposter syndrome. And I feel like there are moments where I absolutely experience imposter syndrome. And I'm just like, I'm Mm -hmm. not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like what is going on here? And that comes with being so vulnerable, but also being in the forefront, you know, and there's millions of people watching you and people don't always watch you because they want to see you win. They're just waiting for that one moment for you to mess up. And then they zero in and hyper-focus and magnify that thing. And imposter syndrome is real. And I've experienced that. And that's a daily fight for me every day, but I love what I do so much and impacting the masses so much that I have to put that to the side and still show up every time. 
I think the piece that really resonates for me is this idea of impacting the masses. And I, and I wa- don't want to lose track of that because I want to come back to it. But I, I also know that we have some therapists that are basically wanting to, to maybe impact on a smaller scale. Like they, they want to impact beyond their therapy room, but they want to impact locally and maybe not yeah. globally. <laughs> and so maybe if you're, if you're willing to kind of walk us through the steps of a, a therapist, they've, they've figured themselves out, they know what they're going to bring to the table. Like, how do they approach creating a bigger footprint as a therapist? What would be your, your recommendations on that? My number one recommendation is probably because I'm a millennial, I'll take that one, is to show <laughs> up more consistently on social media. That has been, whether that's your business page, your personal branding page, whatever you want to, you know, however you want to dissect it. But that's where I started to build a lot of traction, momentum, because I would just hop on there and have lives and talk about, you know, the five toxic things that happen in relationships or just anything that will pop up to my, into my head about my niche or how I wanted to show up and people were loving it. And yeah. so I was like, oh, well, I think I have something here. Or I would post more content, you know, on my social media. And so it doesn't have to be on a grand scale, a global scale, a national scale, but just starting in your small community and just showing up there. And even if you do want to not be on social media and potentially, you know, speak at a smaller event or, you know, do something in the community, you can do that as well. There's so many organizations that will gladly welcome therapists, free or paid, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to show up and share what is needed in this time frame, especially with mental health being such a crucial topic right now. We have so much leverage as therapists, and I want us to all to take advantage of that because we can really impact um, the nation's. Well, and to even pull the curtain back a little bit on Katie and my process is that it's not a deciding factor when we pick who our speakers are at our conference. But if it's people that we don't know in person, we do kind of look at what their social media impact is. And it's not necessarily that we're looking at, you know, do you have thousands of followers? But what kind of a person are you outside of the application that you're putting in just to even speak? And so there's a lot of truth to what Keandra is saying here from a conference organizer, from a podcast host. Of it, It's also another glimpse into seeing who and how you are. I don't have a question. I'm just... no I love that addition because it's it's a hundred percent truth and you Mm -hmm. you don't have to take off all these masks when you're just you you know like when you show up in the room just being you you don't have to say oh what mask am I going to put on today let me make sure that's dusted off and let me put it on it's just like this is who I am and the funny thing that I always laugh at is that people say like you are literally the same person online as you are offline. Like you're the same personality. You walk into the room, you look the same. Everything is the same. And I'm just like, duh, (laughs) what did you expect? (laughs) Well, and I think that helps. I think when it, when it really ties together so many pieces, because I I was struggling at one point with being a consultant and a coach and then a podcaster and then a conference, like all of the stuff that I do, like I was trying to like, how do I put that together and I had a consultant tell me, Katie, you're the same person no matter what table you're sitting at. And that just blew my mind. It's so simple, but I'm like, okay. And it makes it much easier because then you can have an overarching personal brand that allows you to be a therapist and to have whatever 
additional businesses or side hustles or whatever you want to call them. Like you can, you don't have to worry about marketing a ton of separate things. You can just say, this is who I am. And I'm doing all this stuff, but this is who I am. Do you want to connect with me? Do you want to work with me? I love it. A thousand percent. And also that diversifies income. You know, I'm all about the moolah. I'm all about the coins. I'm all about (laughs) diversifying your income. And when you choose to speak and when you choose to build a personal brand and you choose to be an author and you choose to do all of these things, this creates an additional revenue stream for you. It doesn't have to be, you know, massive and millions, but it's nice to get a few extra hundred dollars or even a few thousand dollars from a stream of income because we all know as therapists, our income is capped which means we only can see so many clients in a week, right? I mean, we only can see so many clients. So that means our money is limited as well. And so once we hit that cap, we have to think of other ways to to impact others and to also to serve others. And it's not always about the money, but trust me, that's an added incentive (laughs) when all of these hats are, you know, on the table and you can make an impact. I want to go into that decision-making process. You're talking about when you choose to speak, when you choose to write. What do you follow as far as how you choose to do things? Because you know the opportunity the, to speak at Therapy Reimagined versus going and doing something else. What goes into your thought process as far as, is this part of my brand? Is this something? Or is it all just based on who's paying me the most money? <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful question. I'm not going to lie. There has been times where it has been based on who's paying me the most moolah here, you know? But I also believe that I have a set of core values and every single thing that I say yes to has to be aligned with that. So when you guys came to me about the conference, I already knew Katie's characteristics. I knew anything that she was attached to was going to be epic. So I was like, it's an easy Aww. yes, right? <laughs> you too, Kirk. I don't want to leave you out. You too. <laughs> but it has to align with my values. And if something doesn't feel right, if something is truly just all about the money, I will probably decline it in this phase because I'm all about my peace. I'm all about, you know, just doing things that align with where I'm trying to go long term. And Sometimes you have to say no, even when it doesn't look like you should. So people will be surprised. So no, you know, things that look great on the outside, but there's something internally that just doesn't sit well. And so being intuitive and following that gut is is important for me. That's so important because I think as you start creating your personal brand and as you start creating momentum and really are sitting in a place of opportunity where there's several opportunities that come up. And and the thing is, is that I'm sure the opportunities that you are seeing, Keandra, are probably different than what someone else might be seeing just because of whether it was haphazard or strategic, you launched yourself into this great place of really doing some absolutely outstanding and amazing things. But I know that even in the beginning, I'm sure there was opportunities that came your way that were like, here, get some visibility or, ooh, let me take advantage or, you know, it's free or whatever it is. I think there's there's definitely, when you start stepping out, there are a lot of people that will want to take advantage of you. 
I'll just put it that way. Not you individually, but a therapist, you. Me too. <laughs> and me too. I, I, I've certainly had that. This happen to myself too. And so it's like this idea of being able to sort through what's actually going to be beneficial and what's not. And, and to me, I'm hearing core values. So like, is it aligned? Does it do what it needs to do? But if, if we're looking at the strategic part of, does it project me forward into where I want to stand? Do you have criteria for folks on, do I do this free speaking gig or not? Do I, do I reach out to this group or not? Like, do you have any kind of basic guidelines for folks who are thinking, I want to start doing this, but all I'm getting is free, free offers? There's absolutely nothing wrong with free. What people don't know is there was literally, and I'm not exaggerating, there was literally a full 365 days, a whole year where I did nothing but free stuff. And I was wow. intentional that year. And I think, I think I did over maybe like 48 speaking engagements. So I was probably like cranking out one speaking engagement a week. Like I was wow. a nutcase. <laughs> wow. Doing that. <laughs> And I did that intentionally that year because I know that that was going to build me momentum to get to the paid stuff. So I wanted people to say, man, this Keandra girl is everywhere. Everybody's booking her. I need her for my stuff too. Mm -hmm. And so that was my strategic plan on that piece. And now I still do stuff for free, but it has to have some additional incentives. So you can do free stuff, but you may want to include, hey, is there going to be a vendor table where I can sell any products or services? Can you include video of me speaking or pictures of me speaking so I can add them to my sizzle reel or mm -hmm. my website? Um, or maybe you can buy a bulk of my books, right, to give to yeah. your attendees yeah. included in the, the pricing. There's creative ways that you can either get additional money or that will make it a win-win situation for everyone. Mm -hmm. But you just have to think about those alternative options and not just think about the money that you can get up front because that's not always the best option. And then mm -hmm. the last thing that I would say in, in regards to this is making sure that your target audience is in those places where you're speaking. So whether yeah. that is a podcast, whether that is a conference, whether that is a TV show, making sure whoever you, you who is within your niche, who you're trying to reach is there. And that way you can build that momentum and people can stay connected with you. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. Yeah, I think the the piece that really resonates for me in that is this idea that you want to make sure that your target audience is there. I, I would add to that, you also want to make sure you're talking about something that you would actually want to work on. You know, the things that would actually, you know, that people would come to you for. Because I've, I've set, definitely had times when somebody's like, hey, could you come talk about this? Well, my target market's there, but I'm talking about something and I don't want to work on that. <laughs> but then you get all these inquiries of people saying like, hey, can you help me with this? And it's like, no. <laughs> so you want to make sure that if you're going to, especially if you're going to do something for free, I love everything you're saying, Keondra, that it's the people you want to work with are there or the decision makers who might get those people in front of you and that you're speaking about your expertise and the areas in which you'd actually want to work. Because it's, we can talk, like you said earlier, we can talk about everything, <laughs> but 
but we have to choose and make sure that we're, if we're going to give that away for free, that it's, that it's actually something that's worthwhile to us and moves us forward in our, our practices too. Absolutely. And that's one of the techniques that I teach, you know, people who do want to, you know, become a new or emerging speaker. Like these are some of the tactics that we tackle because I don't want people to get swindled or taken advantage of because Mm -hmm. people will do that. And I have had opportunities where I was like, man, I shouldn't have done that one. (laughs) Because it it just wasn't, you know, aligned like I thought it was going to be, you know, I'm not always perfect in my decisions, but those are still lessons learned. And Mm -hmm. that's, what you want to get out of that, making sure you learn from every single experience that you have speaking personal brand wise or beyond. Yeah. That's such what a are good some, point. what are some of those lessons that you've learned? Like when you're sitting there and cause I've had some of these moments where it's like, as I'm doing it, I'm like, I made a mistake and I have two hours <laughs> left. <laughs> some but, of the lessons learned. Oh, that's a good one. Ooh. In the moment or just in general? In general. I think the lessons learned for me, and I think I kind of briefly touched on this already, is saying no when you feel like something is just not for you. No matter how much money is attached, no matter how many followers you're going to get, if something just doesn't feel right, I would definitely Mm -hmm. say no to that. Um, Secondly, I have learned that when people don't have their business in order on the front end, meaning when they're first reaching out to me and all of those things, probably during the process and after is going to be a little sketchy as well. So, (laughs) so that means if it's a paid engagement, you may, it can be tricky. Like I'm very much like having Katie knows I'm all about my contract. Like everything is very (laughs) this is what I do for a living. So I don't play any games with people in regards, you know, to this. And so I think that, and also to just knowing that even when you say yes, you may not always feel good about what you did that day. So Mm. I always try my best to show up and give 110%, but there has been times where I walked off the stage and was like, Ooh, that didn't go as mm-hmm. great as I thought it would go yep. for whatever reason and just owning that. So those are some quick lessons that I've, I've learned along the way. I think that's such a good lesson because when I've seen you, Keanda, you're always amazing. So I, I recognize that there's always, there are always going to be times when we don't show up in the way that we want to. And for me, it's always like the introverted audiences where I'm like, I was horrible. And then they all come up and talk to me afterwards. And I was like, oh, they're just introverts. Okay, now I got it. They, they just weren't being loud. <laughs> but it's this piece That's of knowing, so <laughs> knowing that when, you, when you're able to think about it, I did a talk a couple of years ago and I watched a video of it and I was like, oh my gosh, I touched my hair like every two seconds. This is awful. But I learned from it. And now if it's going to be humid, I put my hair back. Like, <laughs> like it's stuff like that where I'm like, I'm fidgeting too much. Oh, it's my hair was hurt. It was, was just hot. Like, you know, it's, it's being able to take those lessons and not let that get you down, just owning it and, and learning from it. If there's a lesson to be lo- learned and then moving forward and continuing to grow. I just, I so appreciate you saying that. Cause it's like you, you're, and that you said that you had imposter syndrome because it's like your confidence is just contagious, but it's also, I understand that it's also something that you're constantly working on. And that just makes me very hopeful for myself. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my own therapist. Cause she puts up with all my shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, we're talking about this again, Keandra. I'm like, I know, I know, but it just popped up this week. <laughs> yep. This stuff is hard. Yeah, it's ongoing. Uh, and in a number of different environments too, that, you know, so many of us are doing presentations on zoom now where when you have the really polite audiences where everybody has things silenced and you just aren't getting any kind of feedback at all. So you're kind of just still in that kind of like, am I doing the right thing? And, you know, am I showing up in the way that I'm intending to that you still have to attend to kind of these questions, no matter where you're at in your career. And I think that there's part of this, like you're both speaking to, you know, having this self-compassion, but it's also normalizing that everybody goes through these steps too. Yeah, absolutely. And knowing that every audience is going to be different. (laughs) I did a talk. This was right before the pandemic, you know, started um, in February to Larry, which was literally maybe three hours from Los Angeles. And Mm -hmm. I went there and I had this idea in my head that, I was going to be talking to a more millennial audience. And when I got there, it was like my grandma's generation. (laughs) All right. That's a different, that's a different, different than what you expected. (laughs) Yeah. And so I had to kind of tweak some of the examples that I gave because it was more millennial ish. And I just knew they wouldn't have understood. And so they were much more quiet and, you know, I'm high energy and like feedback and it was just different. But afterwards they all came up to me and they were just so great. And they were like, you were amazing. Can you come back? And, you know, so even with the generational gap, I was still able to reach them. And I thought that that was pretty cool, but you just never know what you're going into sometimes when you're going to speak at engagements and who's going to be present. So this wasn't a question I was expecting to ask when we initially uh, invited you to the conference and then to the podcast, but there's been a huge shift from live speaking engagements to now a lot of stuff happening from our homes, (laughs) a lot of virtual (laughs) stuff. What has that transition been like for you? It's been pretty weird. I'll be honest with you because I am an in-person, like to feel vibes and energy in the room type of person. And you don't, that doesn't always translate well via online. And yeah. so even though the opportunities are still there, it's just very different for, for me. And I think even people are just, even the event planners are just learning how to pivot and even what that looks like for them booking speakers. So it's been awkward for me, but I still show up the same, same energy, mm-hmm. same vibes and try my best to convey what needs to be conveyed. But I can't wait till we get back to the real world, quote unquote, yep. because I'm ready to rock some stages, Katie. Like I'm ready <laughs> to go all in. It's going to be epic once I get back because I'm going to have all of this stored energy from being in quarantine for months that is going to be explosive. So we, we've shouted out that you're like on social media. You've talked about the importance of it. Where can people find out your information? Where, they, where can they follow you and all that kind of wonderful stuff that since they're at home and can click a few buttons? <laughs> yeah. So my favorite platform, you can totally follow me there is Instagram. So you can follow me there at Keandra Jackson or you can just go ahead and check out my website, which is keandrajackson.com. And that's K-I-A-U-N-D-R-A because people spell my name wrong. <laughs> I want to make sure, because I know, Keandra, you've got some courses. So I want to make sure that we provide the opportunity for you to let, let our audience know how you're supporting folks who want to speak. 
Yes, absolutely. So for any therapist, entrepreneurs, speakers, new, or even if you were just thinking about speaking, I provide mm-hmm. opportunities for you to learn not only what we kind of overviewed and talked about right here, but just in general. And so if you go to my website, keandrajackson.com and click on the work with me tab, there's a, there's a button there that says courses. And so I have courses for new and emerging speakers. I have courses, how to gain celebrity quote unquote status, how to write books. I mean, you name it, it's there. And so I think that that is a powerful way. And again, another stream of income. (laughs) (laughs) Practice what you preach. Practice what you preach. But it's a valuable tool that people use all the time. And people love it because I come with, I always go above and beyond. So people think they're going to get something and then they always come out with a little bit more. So that's an incentive of, you know, working with me and all of those things. And we will include links to all of Keandra's stuff. Well, that's that's overpromising a little bit here. We'll include <laughs> links to Keandra's website and her Instagram in our show notes. You can find those at mtsgpodcast.com. And while you're clicking around our websites, check out therapyreimaginedconference.com for all of our 2020 virtual conference speakers information, how you can get signed up, get your tickets, all of the CE information. Those are being handled by our friends over at Simple Practice and Simple Practice Learning. And come and listen to Keandra and all of the other speakers. They're pretty awesome, (laughs) too. So that's going to be here at the end of September, wherever you watch your CEs and other presentations. And until next time, I'm Kurt Woodhelm with Katie Verdoy and Keandra Jackson. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code modern gets you two free months.